Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. As predicted, as predicted, (laughs) here we go. Newsweek, left-leaning Newsweek admits the obvious about the outrageous abomination of a raid on Mar-a-Lago. Admits what we'd already told you. What was the real purpose? Stay tuned. Stacked, loaded show for you today. I've got some legal headaches ahead for the FBI and DOJ. There is a case out there that says that they've got a really big problem coming up with their raid. And then Derek Harvey on Tim Pool's show, he was one of the investigators with Nunes, uh, with Devin Nunes on the Spygate case, again, saying what they were really looking for at Mar-a-Lago. I promise you're never wasting your time here. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joseph, let's go, daddy Here comes a big one, Dan. Here comes oh, a big well, one. Well, he knows it. Yep. He knows it because he gets all these show prep materials. Uh, Joseph Armacost in yes. the morning as I, I don't wake him up. I wait. Joe was used to getting up at like two in the morning from his past yeah. radio experience. So as we told you, as predicted, we've been given about, what, gee, 27.5 different reasons for the raid at this point. Uh, nuclear secrets, nuclear codes, defense material. Kim Jong-un, classified materials, Trump's secret recipe for, uh, for dumplings. We've been given, uh, I, I, all right, the last part's probably, but that may be next. We, we have been given about five or six different reasons, correct? I, they, it's changed repeatedly what this was about. Defense secrets. You had uh, Fusion Kendallanian implying it was CIA names and assets, which is really weird because... Guys, if they found that stuff, why hasn't any of it leaked yet? I, oh, Dan, there's no leaks. Of that. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's really funny. They've, they've only leaked everything about Donald Trump, including his Fox and Friends viewing habits in the morning in a bathroom or something. I'm not kidding. Look that up. So you're telling me all this stuff we were told they were looking for in the raid, nuclear secrets and all this stuff. That they found all this and yet it hasn't magically hasn't leaked, although everything else is leaked, including hints about nuclear secrets. Weird. What did I tell you the real purpose of this was? Well, we played a clip of Cash Patel, one of the investigators into the Spygate case, good friends with Devin Nunes and a former Trump administration official and a friend to the show, saying the other day on Maria Bartiromo's show, that, you know, I've got a suspicion here that the real reason the FBI went to Mar-a-Lago is to go to take out documents that would exonerate Trump in the FBI's targeting of Trump for the Russia hoax. Now I'm thinking this is some third world. I'm sorry, you're going to have to edit here, Gee, Joe. This is some third world shit right here. Sorry, folks. You probably heard a beep. I, <laughs> I promise you those weren't. Those weren't beeps. Those are actual words underneath. I'm sorry, but today's one of those moments. We are now living with third world thuggery right here in the United States. FBI, in conjunction with Hillary Clinton and the DOJ, invents a Russia collusion hoax. Trump stole an election colluding with Vladimir Putin. They just invented out of whole cloth, just made up. Completely eviscerated, discredited, debunked nonsense. They then spy on him to try to gather material using the hoax as a pretext to spy on him. Well, we think he's colluding with the Russians. Now we should spy on him. Yeah, but is he really colluding with the Russians? No, we just need a reason to spy on him. Then when he catches you spying on them and has some documents maybe to prove it, which he has the ultimate authority to declassify, by the way, and did in many cases and did, you then raid his house to get the documents So he can't prove you spied on him after inventing the collusion hoax. Folks, this isn't even third world. This is fourth world. How do we know now? Here is the left-leaning Newsweek. My guess here 
is they're probably, they found nothing. It would have leaked already. Everybody tracking me? Here's my guess about what's happening. Why would Newsweek, why would this leak out? Why would Newsweek help out Donald Trump? Here's my guess. I'm speculating a bit again to give you a heads up. But again, speculating based on evidence of how they've acted in the past. My guess here is they found nothing. It would have already leaked. Because they found nothing, and I'll get to this in a second, they've got a real legal problem ahead. I'm going to explain that to you in a minute. Legal precedent is not on their side at all, the FBI or DOJ, to raid the president's home about papers, okay? My guess now is the things they did take, it's eventually going to come out that they got their hands on a bunch of Russia stuff. So in order to kind of preempt the damage, if the judge orders any of this stuff, and orders and, and it comes out later in an indictment. They're trying to leak it out in advance just to kind of protect and kind of pre-bunk anything. That's my guess. They're trying to leak it out like in a drip, drip, drip way. Little buffer. Here, Newsweek. Yeah, buffer, exactly. Because they know this is bad now. They know this is bad. This thing blew up in their face, and I'm telling you, they didn't expect it. You are doing a great job keeping this story hot. Uh, this article will be in the newsletter. I usually don't post links to Newsweek. It's a hack site. But Bongino.com slash newsletter, this one's worth reading just for the hilarity of it. FBI sought documents Trump hoarded for years, including about Russiagate. As I says just a few days ago, my grandmother used to say, as I says, quote, the sought after documents deal with a variety of intelligence matters of interest to the former president, officials suggest, including material that Trump apparently thought would exonerate him of any claims of Russia collusion in 2016 or any other election-related charges. Man, I'm telling you, this is some fourth-world bulge here. Folks, there's going to be a hearing about the affidavit today. The FBI is hiding that affidavit for a reason. What they swore in front of the judge they were looking for at this point is clearly not what they were looking for. What they're looking for is to go and scrap evidence and get rid of evidence of their Spygate Russia collusion hoax malfeasance. Understand this. This is the FBI, DOJ, and the liberal Democrats and the swamp, candidly, probably some Republicans too, Cheney, Kinzinger, and those hacks. This is their plan for future elections. If you read any of my books, I'm not, listen, go get them from the library. I'm not trying to sell you books on my, on my life. I really don't care if you buy it or not. You probably get it on some of those book readers or whatever. I don't care if you buy it or not. But any of my books on this, Spygate, the initial book, Spygate, I explained this five, six years ago when I wrote it. They have done this with just about every Republican candidate in modern times. Done what? implied that the Republican was colluding with a foreign government. No, Dan, the Trump collusion thing was a Trump thing only. It was not. Read my first book, Spygate. Read the second book, Exonerated. They tried this on McCain, too, when he was the nominee against Obama. I, I show you the articles. Well, how come it never took off? How come you've only heard of Trump-Russia collusion? Because, folks... When McCain was running against Obama, who was in the White House? George W. Bush. So his DOJ and FBI and CIA didn't play the game. That's what I show you the article. They tried the same thing with McCain. Colluding with the Russians. The, the exact same thing. It's in the book. It's footnoted. This is their plan. The problem with Trump is when Trump ran against Hillary, Obama was in charge. Obama's a tyrant. He allowed and promoted his CIA and FBI and DOJ to be weaponized and went after his political opponent in what I believe will eventually turn out to have some component of criminality to it for someone involved in this at the highest levels. I believe it. Whether they're charged is, is probably uh, is a whole other matter, probably unlikely. They've tried this. You understand why they had to go raid Trump's place now before an election? They had to get this stuff out of there so they can do it again. They don't want evidence of what their plan is. It's clear as day. And they're getting nervous now as their narrative collapses. The nuclear narrative, state secrets narrative, Ken Delaney and Fusion Ken implying there are CIA names in there. It's completely falling apart. Not only is the narrative falling apart thanks to you and the backlash you've created, but even the Washington Post had to acknowledge 
This didn't go down like we thought it was uh, was going to happen. Washington Post. Trump rakes in millions off FBI search at Mar-a-Lago. The former president's political fundraising surged to over a million dollars a day last week after sagging earlier this year. <laughs> million dollars. <laughs> Joe, Dude. you want to talk about the biggest face plant I have seen in American history Man. when it comes to law enforcement. This could not have backfired any worse. You probably added two to three points of support, maybe more to Donald Trump. I'm trying to be humble about it. And I spoke to him Thursday, last Thursday night. I had dinner with the man myself. I'm telling you, without disclosing any private conversations, if you believe for a second you've dissuaded him from running or anything like that, you have grotesquely miscalculated the situation. They found nothing, folks. It would have already leaked. Do you notice in the last two, three days, you've heard nothing about the infamous nuclear story? Oh, nuclear weapons information. Where, why haven't you heard about that Where'd again? Where'd that go? Yeah. Yeah, because they made it up. Oh, oh. They made it up. There's nothing there, folks. Pence up on the screen now. To really disappointed at Pence. Talking of defunding, I'm not talking about defunding the FBI. I'm talking about taking the funds and moving it into people who are doing actual law enforcement, intelligent work, intelligence work. I'm really, I can't stand all the shills. The morning uh, guy too, with all the well, well, the endless shilling for the FBI. I can't take it anymore. Do your homework, man. My gosh, they so clearly signed on. Smart people. These people aren't dumb in the FBI. They could have objected to doing this, and nobody did. An unconstitutional, unquestionably immoral, unethical, potentially, depending on what they sweared on, criminal warrant. I hope they didn't lie. Because if they did, man. Folks, they got huge, huge, huge legal headaches ahead, too. Another bombshell article this morning, please, in the newsletter today. This one you got to read. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Sign up. Of course, it's free. Just the news. John Solomon himself. An old case over audio tapes in Bill Clinton's sock drawer could impact the Mar-a-Lago search dispute. Could. Folks, they've got huge, huge legal headaches ahead, the DOJ and the FBI. Remember, when it was Bill Clinton squirreling away audio tapes in his sock drawer, all of a sudden, the government was like, no, 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 Bill Clinton can declassify what he wants, when he wants. And what if I told you there was a legal decision on that, that legal decision, which is now going to be some form of precedent, that now the DOJ and the FBI are going to have to explain away. You can expect in the coming days, by the way, as this narrative collapses even more and more, the narrative that Trump was hiding dangerous, secret nuclear materials. You can expect them to flip the script now you watched yesterday's show to their new narrative, which is Merrick Garland, man. Joe, he struggled. He was scratching his head for weeks. He didn't know what to do. Uh, this was not impulsive or political. Merrick Garland struggled with this decision. Watch. You will see that narrative take hold in the coming days as the Trump was a acute threat to national security. Therefore, we had to do this narrative goes away. Because in order to maintain that narrative, Joe, you got to produce an actual threat to national security. Yeah. Which strangely, no one's yet leaked out or produced. Watch them flip the Garland struggle narrative. Gee, keep your eye on that in the media. When you see, you're going to see that in the coming days. They have real problems ahead. I want to read this to you. It's two short paragraphs from John Solomon's piece about the Bill Clinton case that is going to rock this whole thing and everyone's world in it. I I hadn't heard of this case either. Judge Amy Berman Jackson, when Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton's group, sued for some tapes from Bill Clinton to get them, they note John Solomon that this is the judge in her decision. Okay? Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton's group, wants the tapes from Clinton squirreled away in his sock drawer. Berman Jackson, yes, that one, wrote in March 2012, and this was never appealed, by the way, Quote, under the statutory scheme established by the Presidential Records Act, the decision to segregate personal materials from presidential records is made by the president during the president's term and in his sole discretion. 
Wait, keep that up. Wait, what? That's an official federal court decision that was never appealed. So the president during his term and at his sole discretion says, this is personal. I'm taking it. And this is government. He does that. Case looking on getting with goosebumps here. His case looking pretty ugly for them, ain't it? See how the narrative's falling apart. It goes on. Here's more from Amy Berman Jackson. Yes, that Amy Berman Jackson. Since the president is completely entrusted with the management and even the disposal of presidential records during his time in office, it would be difficult for the court to conclude that Congress intended that he would have less authority to do what he pleases with what he considers to be his personal records, Judge Jackson added. Oh, wow. He says, wow. That sounds pretty dispositive to me, Joe. Sounds like they got big trouble. Yeah. Big trouble. Oh, man. Yeah, that don't, that don't look at folks. Please read this article. Send it to your liberal friends and watch them cry. It's in the newsletter today. Put it everywhere. I did not, I, I don't, when I say it, when I don't know something, I did not, I was not aware of this case, thankfully. Tom Fitton and Judicial Watch that lost this case, by the way. They lost this case. They wanted the Clinton records, are putting this out there like, hey, we tried to get, what, it was no good for us when it was Clinton? Here, you may be saying this can't possibly get any worse. Oh, it does. So the president's his sole discretion. He decides what's personal. What if I told you that the DOJ, who was the defendant in this case. So when you hear defendant, they're talking about the Department of Justice. What if I told you that the DOJ even considered the request to go get documents from a former president like Clinton? Quote, extraordinary. It, what? Let's read on. Quote, as to whether records a president concluded were personal can be forcibly seized after the president leaves office, the court concluded it was unreasonable to force the National Archives to go get the tapes. Oh, they did? They thought that was unreasonable? Here's the quote. Gosh, these quotes, these facts just have a tough way of biting them in the ass on the left. Because the audio tapes that Clinton had quote, are not physically in the government's possession, defendant submits that it would be required to seize them directly from President Clinton in order to assume custody and control over them. Remember, the defendant's DOJ. Jackson noted, defendant, defendant, considers this to be an extraordinary request that is unfounded, contrary to the Presidential Records Act's express terms, and contrary to traditional principles of administrative law. The court agrees, and quote, the defendant was the same Justice Department that authorized the raid on Trump's estate. <laughs> oh. Folks, uh, you know I hate the word literally because it's literally overused. But I literally say I don't think this case could get any worse for them unless like someone was found to be stealing like Melania's underwear at this point. I really don't. I don't think this. What is the federal court going to do? When this goes to court, is the court, keep in mind, none of this was ever appealed. That the president says what's personal and what's not. It's his sole discretion. Any request to go get paperwork where there's a dispute in the National Archives is unreasonable and an extraordinary request. What's the court going to say later? Oh, we were just kidding? Are they going to take the Beavis and Butthead approach? Who <laughs> that was other kids. What are they going to do? They're already on the record. This was never appealed. <laughs> this is bad. Keep the heat on. This is a nightmare for them. A nightmare. Oh, Dan, nothing's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm simply telling you that a administrative parking summons judge would look at this and go, gosh, we got a problem. I can't go on the record and refute what Judge Jackson said without making myself look like a partisan hack at this point. We'll see how far the degree of TDS in the courts is. Let me get to this, and I'm going to play for you audio from the great Tim Cast, Tim Pool's show, of Derek Harvey laying out exactly what was in Mar-a-Lago and what he thinks is really going on. I'm going to make the case for you that he is spot on. 
If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Okay, here it is. This is Derek Harvey again. He was one of the lead guys, investigators, working with Devin Nunes and uh, Nunes and Caspertel and others on the fake Russia collusion hoax the FBI made up with the Hillary team in order to spy on Donald Trump. Here's him saying, if, believe me, if anybody knows what's going on behind the scenes, it's Derek Harvey on uh, Tim Pool's show saying, yeah, listen, they were clearly there because Trump probably has some documents indicating that the CIA may have worked with foreign intelligence and the FBI to make you believe that the bedrock of the collusion hoax that Trump, uh, the Russians wanted Trump to win, he may have documents showing they didn't really believe that. They just made it up. Why, listen to every second of this. Check this out. I really think that one of the things that they had down there were the uh, Russia hoax documents from the CIA showing CIA is. and FBI culpability. There were numerous investigations. Director Radcliffe, former DNI director, is, Radcliffe has talked about this. I think that's probably one of the things that they would have had down there because he ordered those to be declassified. The fact that DOJ did not go through with the process over there for further dissemination of these documents as declassified doesn't make those documents any less. So you're, you're talking about the underlying Spygate documents, the original documents that started the entire operation that became Russiagate, that became the dossier, everything else. We're talking about the original um, electronic communications and everything else that was pulled during. And this, when you were in um, working with Nunes, you worked with Cash Patel and so many right. other, and the, the late, great Rich Higgins, so, by the way. For example, the investigation of what CIA was actually doing and the evidence that they looked at to come up with a conclusion that Russia wanted Trump to win in the 2016 election. There's tremendous documentation there that shows malfeasance and culpability. They cherry-picked information to get to a conclusion, and the overwhelming amount of evidence that pointed in another direction was put on the cutting room floor. Folks, that is one of the most important sound bites from an insider who knows, no, he's probably forgotten more about Spygate than most people ever know, me included. That is one of the most important audio video sound bites you can listen to this year. He knows exactly what's going on. Let me sum that up for you in a quick abstract here. Harvey knows the scoop. He investigated this. The entire bedrock of the FBI spying operation on Donald Trump was that the Russians wanted Trump to win and colluded with him to steal an election. Everybody got it? If the Russians did not want Trump to win, the whole case falls apart. I'm not trying to be in any way condescending. Please don't take it this way. But there are some libs who listen to my show who are very dumb. This is not directed at you. But do you understand how the collusion hoax Trump colluded with the Russians to steal an election doesn't work if the Russians didn't want Trump to win? I, my sincere apologies. I'm not talking down to anyone. Only the libs. That makes sense, right, Joe? They had to want him to win to help him. Okay, uh, Joe's like, I don't know why you're asking me. This is really dumb. You just made me dumber, but I'm just checking. Folks, the Russians didn't want Trump to win. In order for the FBI, the Clinton team, the DOJ, the CIA, and foreign intelligence to tailor this narrative, they had to cherry pick pieces of information. And what I mean by cherry pick is very simple. I'll use just a simple analogy. If I wanted to show you that Joe Armacost robbed a bank, but Joe Armacos didn't rob a bank. What I would do is I would cherry pick information. Let's say I say Joe robbed Bank of America in Arnold, not far from where he lives. I know that place well. Huh? Let's say Joe went there a week ago. The bank was robbed yesterday. I'd be like, my gosh, look at this, Congress. Look at this in a closed briefing. 
I've got video of Armacost at the bank. He's casing the place. And Congress, assuming it's from the FBI, right? And the CIA, right, Joe? It has a patina right now of credibility. Yeah. My gosh. It's, uh, that's a, meanwhile, that's all they showed you, that Joe was at the bank a week ago. Doesn't mention anything about Joe being at the bank yesterday when it was actually Rob. Right. You see how Congress then leaks it to the media. A strong evidence has emerged. Armacost robbed the bank. But... I quietly have a piece of information showing Joe in Aruba the day the bank was robbed, and I just don't show them that. That's what cherry-picking evidence works like. And if you're a corrupt federal investigator or a cop, luckily I've never had the displeasure of working with anyone like that, but I've heard stories of people. I've heard stories, horror stories, of the old days in the 7-5. That's how it was done. That's what he's talking about. Trump may have documents showing he was in Aruba the day the bank was robbed and the FBI wants them because they don't want to have to throw them and the CIA under the bus. Well, Dan, how do you know the CIA and the international intelligence communities were all working together to cherry pick a narrative about Joe robbing the bank, i.e. Trump colluding with the Russians? Because the liberal media told us. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. CNN put this article up so many times. For those of you who haven't seen it, this is just gold. April 14th, 2017. Donald Trump sworn in a few months earlier. I want you to read this is from CNN. Jim Shudo, Pamela Brown, and Eric Bradner. This is a verbatim headline. British intelligence passed Trump Associates communications with Russians on to U.S. counterparts. Let me read you the first paragraph of this piece. Again, CNN telling us they were working on this narrative. Why were they telling us? I'll get to that in a second. Let me read the first paragraph. British and other European intelligence agencies intercepted communications between associates of Donald Trump and Russian officials and other Russian individuals during the campaign and passed on those communications to their U.S. counterparts. Oh, they did? U.S. congressional and law enforcement and U.S. and European intelligence sources tell CNN. It's exactly what I just told you, man. Somebody went up and briefed Congress and said, you know, uh, Don Trump Jr. once placed a call to Moscow. And because it was coming from the FBI and foreign intelligence and the charges were leveled with a wink and a nod, we think they're colluding with the Russians. No one in Congress asked any questions like, well, why did Don Trump Jr. call someone in Moscow? Well, they had a business deal in Moscow. Well, was it illegal? No, they're real estate people. Well, what were they doing in Moscow? Oh, real estate. No one asked those questions in Congress. Why? Because they didn't want the answers. They immediately ran to the press. They called up their CNN buddies and said, man, do I got a scoop for you. CIA was in here. They told us they got info from the Brits and others. Donald Trump is definitely colluding with the Russians. His people are calling Russia. People call Russia every day. It's nothing to do with anything. You see how they set up the premise that Joe robbed the bank by cherry picking information? Now, you may be asking yourself, Dan, why would CNN give up the cookies in the cookie jar and tell the entire world in 2017, in April, it's important, in April, why would they tell the whole world that the international community was spying on Donald Trump? They just said it. It's in the piece. That's not, the piece is not edited, folks. That's it. You go to my Rumble account and look at the actual screenshot. Why would CNN do that? Because, folks, I think CNN got willingly snookered, too. CNN, you understand what I'm saying, Joe? They wanted to believe this was true. Yeah. So because they wanted to believe it, instead of doing actual journalism, which would have been what? Would have been me asking the FBI, hey, do you have actual evidence of Joe at the bank when it was robbed? No, no, we have none of that. Instead of CNN asking questions, wait, wait, wait. So you're telling me a foreign intel person was spying on Trump and that people in the Trump orbit called Russia? Yeah. Well, what the hell does that mean? Was there anything illegal? They did none of that. They wanted to believe it. And I believe they really thought that the FBI had something. So in order to make the story sound more serious, gosh, Trump is colluding with the Russians. Even foreign intel knows it. They ran with the story without doing a shred of journalism. 
never realizing later on when the story got completely eviscerated that I would use their story forever as proof that the international intelligence community was working with the Obama administration to spy on one Donald J. Trump. Can't, you can't unring that bell, CNN. That piece is out there forever. And I will use it forever, too. Remember when Judge Knapp got in trouble with Fox for saying exactly this? Remember that? He was right. I got to introduce the Birdwell coming up next. What's the Birdwell? You'll see. I've got a piece of video of, I kind of feel bad. I shouldn't, but I do. This host at MSNBC, first night on the air, the teleprompter goes down. <laughs> Gee, come on, you do this right, right? I mean, it's bad if you, and then uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, the, the, Obama, oh, uh, the Biden administration just collapsing on this. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I've got a really good friend of mine. He's an American hero. He was in the Pentagon <clears throat> the day it was attacked on 9-11, sustained uh life-threatening burns over a large portion of his body. He lived. So he sees me with the gavel a lot. He watches the show. This is the gavel we've been using forever, right, Joe? We've been using this since the old studio. Oh, yeah. And whenever we have something decisive, we smack it down. So he is a state senator in the state of Texas. He said, Dan, um, I'm really sorry, but that gavel is not representative of your personality. So State Senator Birdwell sent me what will be hereby referred to as the Birdwell, <laughs> yes, um, on the Birdwell, it says to Dan Bongino, presiding officer of Fox Nation from State Senator Brian Birdwell, and he sent me a gavel thing, gavel target here, whatever this baby's called, and it says rule number one on it, don't get dead. So we will be using the Birdwell whenever we really have to, I can't keep it so big, I can't even keep it on the desk. We will still stick with the mini for normal stuff, but when it really needs to be highlighted, We'll go to the Birdwell. You dig it? Thing. It ain't, I, I can't keep it on the desk because Guy said, we got so much stuff, it's getting distracting. Guy has to move stuff, including thank you to my producer for Fox, Will Case. He got me this Thomas Sowell mug. Show me the evidence. But because it's white, it distracts the camera. So we have so many gizmos here. It's crazy. Okay. So a moment of kind of a brief levity here. Alex Wagner is the new Rachel Maddow over at MSNBC. She's taking over the 9 p.m. spot over there. So, you know, you can expect more of the conspiracy nonsense, all this other junk. But being on TV, I can tell you, um, one of your worst nightmares on TV is in a live show if the teleprompter goes down. It's one of the reasons I hate teleprompters, and it's one of the reasons my show is called Unfiltered. Now, we do use teleprompters for some segments where it's timed, but as Guy can attest to, the unfiltered segments are really unfiltered. There's no prompter. And the reason I hate the prompter is because if it goes down, you find yourself in moments like this. Now, keep in mind, this is her first show, her first segment, and the freaking prompter goes down. Check this out. Tonight, the FBI warrant used to search Mar-a-Lago is unsealed. The three potential crimes laid out in that document. We'll dive into what it means and what could happen with one of the Wall Street Journal reporters who was first to report on the contents of that warrant. Then we'll... T then we'll talk with... We, we're going to go right... We are actually going to go right to the top story. Folks, you got... Please watch the video. Please. Rumble.com slash Bongino. Ooh. I'm not... I'm On my life, I'm not... He said it too. I'm not making... I'm not... This is, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Yeah. It is a nightmare at live TV. Joe's been in live radio. Guy does the show with us here in the studio. If the prompter goes down, it's a mess. The problem is if it goes down mid thought, you're, and you're reading off something you'd wrote the day before you're passionate about, but you, it's just a mess. So I kind of feel for her a little bit, but. Yeah, you know, I did. We'll I, have more to, I felt bad for we'll it. Have, yeah, we'll have more than enough time to poke fun at their conspiracy theory garbage in the future. But man, when that prompter goes down, that's right. <laughs> All right, moving on. There's some serious stuff here. So the uh, hilariously titled Inflation Reduction Act, which it's incredible how the Democrats now, even Manchin himself, are starting to say, well, all right, Biden signed this thing the other day. It's not going to do anything to reduce inflation immediately. No, it's going to do something to inflation. It's going to increase it. That's why I call it the Inflation Production Act. Uh, folks, again, serious as a heart attack. This is one of the most disastrous, apocalyptic pieces of legislation we've seen in years. Do you understand that the Biden administration, just in the last, what, month, month and a half, between the CHIPS Act 
one of the biggest lords of corporate welfare we've seen in American history, the billion-dollar semiconductor companies, between the CHIPS Act and this Inflation Reduction Act. You understand the government has spent a trillion dollars of money we don't have? How the hell you think spending a trillion dollars of money we don't have? We're not talking about standard government spending supported by the tax base. We're talking about deficit spending that has to be printed. How printing more money to spend is going to solve the inflation crisis. You are seriously a tier one level imbecile if you believe this is going to actually reduce inflation. I really feel bad for you that dumb. Now, not only are they losing the narrative on the Mar-a-Lago thing, as I put out in the beginning, because they went and served a search warrant, assuming they would find something, and they didn't. All they did was try to stop Trump from exposing Russiagate. You can always tell that the White House is panicking about something by what? You say, well, the media. Yeah, yeah, we get the media. media is always going to defend the White House. Folks, the fact checkers, they are a tell every single time. Whatever you see fact checkers, especially the ridiculous ones like lead stories, that is by far the most ridiculous. You're like, not PolitiFact? No, PolitiFact's bad. They're not nearly as bad as leads. Lead stories is like a loser site for total zeros. When they're going to lead stories, you know they're in trouble. It's, it's almost like what happened is they tried to pitch it to other fact checkers who were hacks and even they were like, no, this is dumb. So remember the job listing for IRS agents? What does that have to do with the Inflation Reduction Act? Well, the IRS is getting tens and billions, tens of billions of dollars over the coming years to hire roughly 80,000 new employees, some of which will be agents. Agents commonly used to mean criminal investigator GS-1811s. I was there. Don't tell me because you're 18, graduated journalism school. That's not what it means. That's what it means. GS-1811, federal agents, yes, have to be hired, and in the job description, you, you have to carry a gun, and you have to be willing to use deadly force. That's just a fact. That's just a fact. Every 1811 has had some form of that in their job description. So why would it be fact-check worthy that when IRS hire federal agents, they do the same thing? Why? Because the Obama administration doesn't want you to know that billions of dollars are going to go to hire people who will be carrying guns and who can take your life. It's just as simple as that. And take your freedom. It's not going to be all of them, but it is going to be some. That's a fact. So they went to the fact checkers. Here's lead stories. The just shameful Christina Dillard, who's really an embarrassment. Fact check. IRS is not trying to arm all its agents. Here's Christina Dillard. Don't worry, Joe. She was a news writer again for Temple's Lou Klein College of Media and Communication. Definitely knows what she's talking about. She was an experienced GS-1811 with mounds of experience in criminal investigation. I'm kidding. She has actually none of that. Here's Christina Dillard, who we've mocked before, Christiana Dillard, for hilariously stupid fact checks. Um, No one said they're trying to arm all of its employees, and they are arming all of their agents. Because agents is commonly used as a term to mean a GS-1811 federal investigator job category, which requires you to be armed. What does Christiana Dillard know about that? Absolutely nothing. Just like everyone else who writes at Lead Stories. Here is the IRS job description for the agent position they're talking about. Not auditor, not administrative staff, 1811 federal agent. Look at bullet point number four. Carry a firearm and be willing to use deadly force if necessary. Of course, the Obama administration doesn't want you to know that you just voted for this. A bunch of gun carriers and badge carriers and auditors to audit you. So Christina Dillard, Christiana Dillard, who again, they have zero dignity at all these people, had to do the Pravda thing and rush to the defense of the White House. Well, Dan, you know, we all laugh at these idiots. Why does it matter? No, it matters, folks. Because when you go and post the job listing, hey, the IRS is hiring some people that will be carrying guns and have to be willing to use deadly force. What happens? Christiana Dillard in her role as an, uh, as an administration sycophant bootlicker, right? Her and her piece are used on Lead Stories hack site to then censor you on Facebook from telling people the truth. This stuff is real. We're living in an Orwellian nightmare right now. That's how I know the Biden administration is panicking about this Inflation Reduction Act. The fact checkers are the tell every single time. 
Now, folks, they're backtracking. The White House is already hedging on the inflation reduction in the Inflation Reduction Act. They're trying to hedge because they know the numbers are going to come out, even though there may be some short-term volatility. They're afraid right around the election they could get a bad number, so they're hedging already. I got that in Biden, straight up line, straight up line. Back to the show. Here is some video here. The White House already hedging their bets because they know for a fact this thing is only going to make inflation worse and they want to be sure they can take both sides of this. Check this out. You passed a bill called the Fill Every Pothole Act. I mean, voters should expect you to fill every pothole. I mean, so should voters measure the success of this bill on how much you reduce inflation in the next couple of years? So this infl- this bill spins out over several years. And so the tax provisions, for example, some of the tax revenue will happen immediately. You see that? Why can't they just answer the question? I mean, the weird moments of journalism at CNN are bizarre. I don't know what they're doing. But if it was called the Fill Every Pothole Act, you'd expect the pothole to be filled. This is literally called the Inflation Reduction Act. So can we expect inflation to be reduced? Well, it's got to overcome. What, what do you mean? What, you just there? You see them hedging already? One of the other things about the Inflation Reduction Act is that it's going to hike your taxes. Not only is it going to make inflation worse, it is going to hike your taxes. How do we know that's true? You know what? You go to the AFP thing first. Always, always watch the fact checkers. Whatever the fact checkers are publishing, the opposite is typically true. And the reason they're publishing it is to censor the truth on Facebook. That's why there's a reason. This is not an accident. But Biden administration's panicking about the IRS coming after you. So the fact checkers snap to action. And the fact checkers are snapping to action again as people realize their taxes are going up because of the Inflation Reduction Act. They need to censor that too. Here's AFP, the dreaded Daniel Funky, Biden watch guy. Remember this guy? Another joker. Misleading claims circulate on the tax burden of the Inflation Reduction Act. You have misleading? Well, here's a real misleading claim. Here's Joe Biden straight up lying that the Inflation Reduction Act is not going to hurt your tax bill if you make under $400,000. How do we know this is a lie? Because it's been looked at by even left-leaning, what I would consider to be partisans in the Joint Committee on Taxation who said the opposite. Here, check this out. And I'm keeping my campaign commitment. No one, let me emphasize, no one earning less than $400,000 a year will pay a penny more in federal taxes. Okay, folks, that's just a lie. Now, you would think the fact checkers would check that. But no, they're not fact checkers. Remember, everything they're telling you, the opposite is true. They're doing it to censor the truth, to cover for Biden's lie. How do we know this? Here's reason, Mag. Reason, by the way, is not really conservative. They're more libertarian. And, you know, some conservatives like them, some don't. I like their stuff. I like to get diverse viewpoints on things. So here's reason. Again, they don't kiss anybody's ass here. Congress just passed the Inflation Reduction Act. Quote, it will hike taxes on some middle class households. Well, how do they back it up? Well, they note that the Joint Committee on Taxation, by the way, no bastion of right wing values, completed a breakdown of the bill's corporate tax increases and determined it would affect households at various income levels. The JCT a number-crunching agency within Congress, found that households earning between $50,000 and $75,000 are more likely to see a tax increase than a tax decrease next year. What else do you need to hear? So again, instead of the fact-checkers censoring Biden, they have to do the agitprop propaganda. Daniel Funky and Christiana Dilliard, they jump right into mode, and instead of fact-checking them, they fact-check you to silence you on social media. Folks, what I'm telling you, we're living in this, again, Orwellian nightmare that is not overused, that description. We are living in a free speech nightmare. Thankfully, here's some good news to end the show. And I do mean thankfully, a major split is not coming. A major split is here online. There's the China and then the liberal and the media internet, which is going to be Heavily censored and full of uh, state propaganda like Dilliard and funky stuff. That's just propaganda. It's all lies. Yes, the IRS job listing said armed, deadly force. Okay. And yes, the JCT said there's likely to be tax increases. Okay. There's going to be a a, a split. It's happening now. The only choice you have is are you going to join the free speech internet or are you going to stay on the censored China liberal media internet? It's happening right now. 
Here, Axios today, yeah, another left-leaning out. They put out a morning email. Streaming is officially top cable is the most popular method by which Americans consume TV. There's a whole article about it, new Nielsen data. What does that have to do with the bifurcated internet now, the free speech internet we're in, and then the censored China liberal internet on the other side? Folks, you can see the chart right here. Cable news, broadcast, and elsewhere are losing to streaming online. People, in other words, who go to rumble.com, Netflix, Fox Nation, they stream stuff. Reclaim the net. Rumble, which you know I'm an investor in, introduces free unlimited live streaming for creators, which has been a runaway success. It's why I am so excited about being part of Rumble. Folks, a major, major bifurcation is happening right now, and I have to tell you, I am so honored to be a part of it. The latest attack was on our good friend Steven Crowder. He has one of the most popular uh, sites out there, shows called Louder with Crowder. YouTube went after him again, issued another strike because he interviewed Carrie Lake, GOP nominee for governor in Arizona. Folks, this is real trouble. The greatest decision we ever made was canceling Google ads, cutting Google out of our life, and canceling YouTube. The last video up on my YouTube account was why I'm leaving YouTube. And I can tell you, Guy and I were chatting about it this morning and I was talking about Paula last night. Joe, wouldn't you agree? Greatest decision we ever made. Yeah. Let me tell you something. If you're not on Rumble yet, you better get on today. It is not a matter of if, if you're a conservative, it is only a matter of when before they cancel your channel. I can't tell you what to do. It's not my job. I canceled YouTube. They tried to retroactively pretend they canceled me, which is hard when your last video is why I'm leaving YouTube. Whatevs. Get away as soon as you can. Join the free speech internet. Honor to be a part of Rumble. By the way, this is a First Amendment issue now. No, Dan, they're private companies. No, no, they're not acting as such. Vivek Ramaswamy has an amazing piece up at the Wall Street Journal. Twitter becomes a tool of government censorship. They talk about Alex Berenson. You know, he's been writing about a former New York Times reporter. They talk about Berenson, who was banned from Twitter. Well, it's kind of weird that Berenson sued him and in the discovery phase found a bunch of email communications where White House officials uh, were talking to, to a Twitter employees and noted that they had a really tough question about why Alex Berenson hasn't been kicked off the platform. Oh, really? Oh, really? Now, ladies and gentlemen, you may say, well, Twitter's a private company. Twitter cannot do for the government what the government cannot do themselves. Let me say that again. I'll say it a different way so you understand this. There is... Long established, rock solid Supreme Court on down precedent on this matter. If the government cannot ban you from practicing your religion or from speaking freely, they cannot deputize someone else to do it. They can't. The government cannot provide immunity to someone that goes in and bombs an abortion clinic because they're pro life. Why did I use that example? Because liberals are really stupid. Maybe that'll make sense to you. You cannot, the government can't bomb an abortion clinic because it doesn't like abortion. You can't deputize another entity, by the way, or immunize them against punishment because they enacted what you couldn't do. Twitter's free to ban who it wants. Twitter is not free to work with the government who cannot ban free speech to ban people on their behalf. This is a First Amendment issue. It is clear as day. All right, I had a couple more things to get to. I just Can we get to this? Mar- I just want to play this because this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Just closing the show today. This is Mara Gay. I think she works for the New York Times. This is one of the silliest people on television. Remember her with the math problem? I got that. You have that one too, the math oh, yeah. problem? Got that. All right, here's Mara Gay. She's on last night uh, on this what is it, MSNBC or whatever. She's talking about Rudy Giuliani said one of the, this is a woman who's just exposed herself as one of the dumbest people on TV talking about how Giuliani was such a fascist in New York. Keep in mind, Rudy Giuliani won re-election in New York, re-election for the mayorship in 1997, 58 to 41 in a city that was like eight to one Democrat to Republican. Listen to her describe those years as if it, either she wasn't there or she's straight up lying. Check this out. I feel like we actually need to go farther back in time. Um, we are sitting here in New York City, and Rudy Giuliani was, of course, the longtime mayor of New York. There, this is a real like arc of the moral universe moment here, <laughs> because uh, this is a man, before he was America's mayor, he was the tough-on-crime mayor. He made his career 
um, actually uh, as a prosecutor in the most prestigious uh, office in the land, and then went on to become the mayor in which he delighted in putting away petty criminals, uh, mostly young black and brown people uh, at Rikers Island and uh, sending people off um, and for far smaller crimes uh, than he seems to be under investigation for. Such a fascist, fellas. Guy won re-election 58 to 41. Again, Mara Gay either wasn't there, hasn't done her homework, or she's lying. Um, or maybe she's just silly and dopey. I don't know. Maybe it is the latter. I mean, she was the person who said this. She couldn't figure out basic math on television. Check this out. You see it as a possibility if he wants to spend a billion bucks beating this guy, he could do it. Absolutely. Um, somebody tweeted recently that um, actually with the money he spent, he could have given every American a million dollars. got it. Let's put it up yeah. on the screen. It, when I read it uh, tonight on social media, it kind of all became clear. Bloomberg spent $500 million on ads. U.S. population, $327 million. Uh, don't tell us if you're ahead of us on the math. He could have given each American $1 million and have had lunch money left over. It's an incredible way of putting it. It's an incredible way of putting it. It's true. It's disturbing. It does, it does suggest, you know, what we're talking about here, which is there, there's too much money in politics. I, <laughs> the funny thing is, Gigos is amazing. Nobody caught it. There were two of them on the set. Yeah. Folks, that wasn't hard math. Someone actually put that on screen. Nobody caught that. He spent 500 million. There were 330 million people. He could have given each of them a million dollars and nobody thought that sounds ridiculous. <laughs> that's Mara Gay. That's, that's Mara Gay for you folks. Just keep that in mind. Giuliani won 58 to 41. Showing you again, left-wing media. I'm going to destroy the media this weekend on Unfiltered, by the way. Destroy them on my monologue. All right, thanks for tuning in, folks. I really appreciate it. As always, a, 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 a humble but respectful request. Please subscribe to my podcast. You've kept us in the top five all week on all the major platforms. It's the follows and subscriptions that matter. Apple, Spotify, and most importantly, Rumble at rumble.com slash Bongino. Thank you very much. Oh, questions for tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a question for tomorrow's show for questions for Dan, I'll put it on my Locals account. Go to the Locals app. There'll be a post that says questions for Dan and on True Social. I'm at Bongino at Bongino on both. See you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.